Old City Hall by Robert Rotenberg, narrated by Paul Hecht. The author opens with a quote from Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. And she shows you where to look among the garbage and the flowers. There are heroes in the seaweed. There are children in the morning. They are leaning out for love, and they will lean that way forever. Part 1. December. Chapter 1. Much to the shock of his family, Mr. Singh rather enjoyed delivering newspapers. Who would have thought that Gurdial Singh, former chief engineer for Indian Railways, the largest transportation company in the world, would be dropping newspapers at people's doors, commencing at 5.05 each morning? He didn't need to work, but since coming to Toronto four years earlier, he had absolutely insisted on it no matter that he was turning seventy-four years old on Thursday next. Yes, it was a silly little job Mr. Singh was forced to concede to his wife Bimal and their three daughters, but he liked it. That's why Mr. Singh was humming an old Hindi tune to himself as he walked briskly through the early winter darkness on a cold Monday morning the 17th of December. He entered the marble-appointed lobby of the Marketplace Tower, a luxury condominium on Front Street, and gave a friendly wave to Mr. Rashid, the night concierge. The Globe and Mail newspapers were neatly stacked just inside the door, beside a diminutive plastic Christmas tree. How strange, in a country covered in forests, that they would use plastic trees, Mr. Singh thought, as he hitched up his grey flannel pants and bent down to cut the binding cord with his pocket-knife. He sorted the papers into twelve piles, one for each floor on his route. It had been easy to memorize which residents took a paper, and it was a simple matter to walk down the deserted hallways and drop one squarely at each door. The solitude was very nice, so unlike the clutter of Delhi. When he arrived at the top floor, Mr. Singh knew he would see the one person who was always awake, Mr. Kevin-something. Mr. Singh could never remember Mr. Kevin's last name, even though the gentleman was one of the most famous people in Canada. There he would be, in his shabby bathrobe, a cigarette cupped in his right hand, a mug of tea in his left, scratching his grey beard with his shoulder, anxiously awaiting his morning paper. Mr. Kevin was the host of a morning radio show that was broadcast across the country. Mr. Singh had tried to listen to it a few times, but it was just a lot of chatter about fishing in Newfoundland, fiddle music in the Ottawa Valley, and farming on the prairies. These Canadians were funny people. Most of them lived in cities, but all they seemed to discuss was the countryside. Mr. Kevin, despite his unkempt appearance, was very much a gentleman. Rather shy, Mr. Singh enjoyed the ritual conversation they had each morning. "'Good morning, Mr. Singh,' Mr. Kevin always said. "'Good morning, Mr. Kevin,' Mr. Singh always said in reply. "'And how is your beautiful wife?' "'More beautiful than ever, Mr. Singh,' Mr. Kevin would say. Putting the cigarette in his mouth, he'd open his palm and pass an orange slice over to Mr. Singh. Thank you, 
Mr. Singh would say, giving Mr. Kevin his newspaper. Freshly sliced, Mr. Kevin would answer. They then follow up with a short discussion about gardening or cooking or tea. Despite all he must have had on his mind, Mr. Kevin never seemed rushed. It was simply courteous and respectful conversation at an ungodly hour, quite civilized. It took the usual twenty-five minutes for Mr. Singh to methodically work his way up to the twelfth floor. There were only two suites on the top floor. Mr. Kevin's suite, 12A, was to the left, around the bend, near the end of a long corridor. The resident to the right, an older lady who lived alone, took the other paper, which she always delivered last. Mr. Singh arrived at Mr. Kevin's door, and as usual it was halfway open. But there was no sign of Mr. Kevin.